What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The following podcast is a W2M Network original production. Visit W2Mnet.com for all of our other great podcasts, plus news, reviews, articles, and opinions from the worlds of wrestling, video games, football, and entertainment. What time is this? I knew you'd come. Delete! 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 Bring Freddy Krueger's world, Elm Street. We want to see Bray Wyatt's version of the boiler room. My name is Dario Cueto. My relationship with the wrestlers is very special. And he's hanging out with Mascarita Sagrada in what looks like his basement. And then his mom shows up with bagel bites. It's glorious. (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. We are scientifically proven to be the best tag team, and not just in NXT, not just in the WWE, but in the entire universe. Dean, congratulations on becoming the new Intercontinental Champion. Talk to us about that match out there between the Miz and yourself. Don't piss me off. I'll beat you up and steal your stuff. Ladies and gentlemen, wrestling to the match. And your host, Gary Vaughn, Sean Garmer, and Paul Beezer. Welcome, everyone, to Wrestling to the Max, episode 228, part two. And boy, are we going to fire out a bunch of great wrestling content for you tonight. We are not only talking Lucha Underground, NXT, and Teen Impact Wrestling, but we're also going to be getting into some big news topics. That's right. Everybody knows that the big WWE UK tournament's coming up. We have a big TNA star joining that tournament. Plus, we also have some other interesting news when it comes to Ring of Honor possibly joining forces with stardom. <laughs> we'll talk about that. And, of course, you know, some uh, you know secret news that's actually not secret. It broke. WB actually broke this news. A former NXT star is returning. And trust me, this is an indie star we've talked about before. If you want to know more. You guys are listening to Quick Hits. Uh, but before we do all this great stuff, I just want to let you know I'm your host, Gary Vaughn. And of course, with me is Mr. Sean Garmer. What's up, guys? And Mr. Paul Leeser. Hey, yo. And, uh, you know, before we also talk about some of this other stuff uh, in the world of wrestling, I just want to let everybody know 
Wrestle Kingdom 11 happened, and trust me, from all I've heard, it's been an amazing show to watch. Everybody that has enjoyed it uh, has just talked about it online, gone everywhere, and these two guys, Sean and Paul, did a special review show. You don't want to miss a minute of that. You need to go check it out right after you listen to this show. Go do it. Or if you haven't even watched Wrestle Kingdom 11, you're just like me and you've just been busy, things have kind of taken you away from wrestling, Go watch that show and then immediately turn on that one because these guys have a lot of great content, a lot of information that you're not going to want to miss. Please go check that out. And, of course, if you want to go check it out and you don't know how to do it, just go subscribe to the W2M Network. That's right. One easy click gets you that content plus these shows and a lot more. Also, go check out W2Mnet.com. That's the place where you can go read all about our shows. And, of course, a lot of great written content about wrestling, video games, uh, and we even have some football content on there for you guys. So, trust me, there's a lot of cool stuff on that website that you don't want to miss as well. Uh, but, you know, besides that, that's enough plugging right now. Uh, you know, guys, I mean, this has been an exciting week. Of course, Wrestle Kingdom 11 has been a big deal uh, once again. I mean, I keep talking about it, but it was giant. Uh, so I, I want you guys to, you know, give the people uh, a lot more information about that as we talk some of these news topics. But, uh, you know, some of the other things that happen in the world of wrestling kind of don't coincide with this topic, but we missed it on Quick Hits last week. So I want to quickly talk about this since we missed it on Quick Hits. We did not talk about Ronda Rousey and her loss. And for a long time now, we've talked about Ronda Rousey being a part of WrestleMania. And now... That's a question I have to ask you guys because we missed that last week, or actually on Monday. We should have talked about that Monday. What do you think about this, Paul? Is there any future with Ronda Rousey with WWE? Uh, I, I think so. I I kind of the hype around her, however, is gone. Obviously, I, I I mean two losses in a row. She looked not like her usual self in that last fight, too. And, and, you know, people blamed on a lot of stuff. She had bad coaching. She had a bad game plan. Excuse me. Whatever. I don't think the hype is there for her, but I think WWE still sees something there. They're probably going to try to do something with her if they can. I don't think it's going to be the blow-away thing that it would have been if they had capitalized on it sooner um, after the initial appearance. What do you think, Sean? I mean, we kind of, you know, off air talked about this, but I kind of want people to hear what you had to say about that. Do you kind of agree with Paul? Uh, you know, the thing is, too, uh, I think you know, we got to understand that WWE, that when they come and sign the Seattle Performance Center or whatever, they're signing like nobodies or whatever, right? They're not signing, they have yet to sign some big. NFL player to some contract that NFL player that we would all know and 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 though now they're going to be a wrestler or whatever that's not happened you know Baron Corbin and Mojo Rawley played like nothing in the NFL okay um I don't I that that Brennan Williams guy he played really nothing in the NFL either so like there's no uh, there's no precedent for this because Brock was a former WWE superstar when he came. They already knew what they had in Brock. They didn't have to do anything with Brock. He could have lost a zillion times. He still would have meant something for them because he's Brock Lesnar. People are going to remember what he did back in the day. People are going to know who that is. 
Ronda Rousey will know who she is, and obviously her being Ronda Rousey, that's going to get people, but she's lost twice, and she's lost badly twice. They're not going to give Ronda Rousey Brock Lesnar money to basically sit in the Performance Center and have to learn how to wrestle and, and like, have this big old... Like, nobody's going to mess with her, honestly, because she's Ronda Rousey, duh. But, like, just have that, like, reputation and have that on you when everybody that's in the performance center, no one's making that kind of money. You know, and, and no one is... And just, like, who, how long is she going to be in there? Maybe she goes in there, you're paying her all this money, and she sucks at wrestling. And she just never gets good at wrestling, let alone... Okay, well, are people going to buy her as a star to, like, go in there and beat up Charlotte and beat up all these women? Or is it going to be like a China thing where now all of a sudden nobody takes your women's division seriously because Ronda Rousey is going in there just whooping everybody? And they go, okay, well, this is a woman that got beat up by, by two women already. Like, why aren't your whole roster beating her up? You know, mm-hmm. it's it's a weird thing. It's like a weird, like, it, it could really work out for you or it could really flame out for you. And the money that you have to put in to even make the investment work, would it be worth it? That's something you really got to ask yourself if you're Vince McMahon. Like, you're taking her from zero and you're wanting her to become the next, you're wanting her to become a female version of Matt Riddle and... The chances of that happening are really slim. Just, I don't know. I don't know. No. Uh, you make some great points here. And the the fact of the matter is, is she's still a big name. Yes, she's lost. And she still has, you know, that ugliness around her just fresh off of this loss. It really makes you wonder if this takes some breathing room. And if WB really wanted her and, and wanted to find a way to make this work, they have the great ability to repackage her with some great video, you know, packages, uh, maybe make some kind of mysterious thing happen where she went to a dark place. That's why she lost her at last matches. And now she's here. She's finally back and she's done with MMA, but she wants to dominate wrestling. You could do something like that. Now I still don't know how that would go over. Um, but then I think WWE could take the time but will they? That's the biggest question. Will they? Do they see enough in her to be willing to do what Sean just got through saying? But to Sit pay there her Brock Lesnar mm. money yeah, to wait on her, that's that's a lot of money, Gary. Well, you're, you're exactly right. It, it's exactly why you probably will never see a major NFL star or even a, a major football, soccer star, whatever you want to say, uh, or anyone in, involved in this world unless WB just wants to pay it. And if they're going to pay it, you know what's going to happen. It's going to be a six-month-a-year stay in NXT at the most, and that's just stretching it before they throw them on Raw or SmackDown, even if they're not ready. Because there's no way Vince is going to pay some guy or gal $3 million to sit in NXT. They're not going to do Mm -hmm. that. Uh, Geno Atkins is not going to pop off the football field and then just all of a sudden, you know, sit in NXT for four years. Nope, not going to happen. Um, so I think that that's an interesting thing here. And, you know, I look at Ronda Rousey as still a big name and it's effective, but I I just don't know how they could work that out. She would really have to give up a lot. She would really have to say, I love this. And I don't know. Well, I mean, she does, 
it seems like she really loves it, but that's the thing. Like you're saying, that's a lot of dedication and whatever. Well, we don't know if she loves it. I, and I say that you, you, she loves the idea of it, but has she ever done full-time wrestling training? She's done MMA fa- training, which is, I'm sure, very, very difficult. And I'm sure you, I've never done either. So I can't tell you which is better than the other, which is tougher or easier. But I will say this, there is a difference. And, you know, Brock Lesnar will tell you that himself and all these other guys have tried both sports. And I, I just think that that's the big thing is, would she really like it or would she just kind of say, you know what, this is not me. You just don't know that. So I, I have a feeling that she's going to go off and try to keep in this Hollywood scene. I don't know how much it's going to work now that she has lost because Hollywood is probably kind of snubbed their nose at her a little bit even more now. Um, we'll see. I just hope best for Ronda Rousey. And I'm sorry we started the show out this way. I just wanted to get that news out because it is old. And it's still a big deal to me, though, because I think we just missed the boat. I, that was my fault last Monday. I just forgot that we were going to talk about it. So there you go. Uh, you know, and we'll let you guys know if we hear any more of this. And I'm sure down the line we'll talk more about Ronda Rousey. Um, but, you know, before we jump into quick hits, I want to give a special shout out to my wife. She had her birthday today and, uh, you know, happy birthday to her. Um, I'm sure she won't hear this. I, I doubt she ever listens to me because she's embarrassed by everything I do. Um, but, you know, <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, it's just, yeah. But anyway, well, hey, uh, you know what? This is why this works, because Gary has no problem self-deprecating himself. So that's fine. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. But I just want to say this because, you know, happy birthday to her. Just in case, you know, I do pass away she can at least hear this and god <laughs> it'll be it's it's ingrained in you know history now so there you go she well, can replay like, every year gonna pass out like <laughs> this on the podcast she's just gonna like paul and i will just get you know finish the podcast and we'll find out after oh gary died oh fuck. So, just, that would be terrible but you're like, ah, he went. That's the right Gary's going with talking about it, you know. I know. Sorry. All I'm really learning is that Gary's a trophy husband. That's all I'm learning. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Oh man, sorry, Paul. I, I wish that was the truth. I don't have as much sexiness as you. I wish. <laughs> uh, you got married, man. You're one step ahead of the game on me already. <laughs> but you're still young. You got your youth. Uh, but. <laughs> But we're having a good time, yeah. No, I, mean, I just wanted to throw the shout out there. And, you know, I mean, Paul, we have something to look forward to in this area. It is freezing cold outside, and North Texas has not been snowy. I'm a little afraid by this, the end of this podcast, I'm afraid to look out the window and see snow. I kind of am. It's probably not going to be bad or anything. It's just very freaking cold. So I don't know if it's been cold enough long enough for it to stick, but anytime something falls from the sky in Texas, excuse me, people forget how to drive. So I mean, if you're if you're in the Dallas or just the Texas area, just just be careful out there, guys. It's yeah. only it's only frozen water. It's nothing that's going to harm you unless you're dumb. Yeah, and, and trust me, if you're listening in Minnesota or, or in Michigan or any of those cold states, I'm sorry, it's just the truth here. You're I really wish I was lying. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, they laugh at us all the time. I, that's fine. We're just not used to it. Uh, but, you know, I just want to mention this, too. I mean, uh, Sean, in your neck of the woods, uh, the Dolphins are in the playoffs. H- have they been going crazy in Miami? Because I'm always interested in Miami when it comes to the playoffs because now they have a backup quarterback going in. Do they actually think they no, have a chance? No, but I don't hear anybody freaking talking about this. At, normally at work, like, people are doing something about the Dolphins or whatever, but 
I don't know. I don't. I think maybe because it is, you know, the backup is playing and they're playing like the probably the second best team in the playoffs on that end. I don't know. You know. Yeah. I'm just kind of curious, you know, because the different markets are very different, and you know, if you know, you you really have a big team in this big market, you know, Dallas. They're going to follow the Cowboys no matter what. Pittsburgh, they're going to follow the you know, Steelers. But I understand some of these other markets, you know. If the team is not for sure going to win, they just kind of eh, halfway talk about it. So I'm just kind of curious. Uh, but What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground. Cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. We do have wrestling to talk about, and trust me, we're not talking weather and sports on that. We are going to talk some wrestling. Uh, we'll be right back in a few uh, with some quick hits, and don't forget we're also getting into some big reviews, NXT, Lucha Underground, and TNA Impact. But now, talk some wrestling news. Hold on. Okay, apparently my studio decided it wanted to like erase crap out of here, so. I oh, so no we don't have dro- music? I have no drops <laughs> right now. I gotta go find them. Don't worry about it. We'll just jump into this thing cold. It is not a problem. Uh, You know, we were talking about a lot of things this week, and we've been trying to really figure out, you know, what's going to be happening. And, you know, what we found out is that there's some big things going to be taking place uh, with NXT. And one of those is going to be, you know, the fact that they are going to have Cassius Ono uh, back. And we kind of teased it a little earlier. We've been talking about this for quite a while now. Um, but why I'm not going to put this in rapid hits is a few things, and, and this is why. I, I, it, because of the fact that it was leaked. Now, I was going to make this a rapid hit because we talked about it so much, but this leaking thing kind of makes me wonder, is WB purposely doing this to get interest, or was this an accident? Did someone screw up, Paul? I mean, I, I thought this would be good if it was a surprise, and it just didn't end up that way. They've been doing this with uh, with NXT in the last year and a half or so. Whenever they sign some big star and they have them show up at the tapings on an episode of NXT, they usually drop their debut on their Facebook channel or their Twitter channel, you know, all, all across social media. Just because it's fresh and they want to keep the news buzzing going forward that you have something to look forward to on these shows. Uh, they did it with, uh, with Aries. They did it with Roderick. They did it with EY. Um, I, I think they did it with Joe too. Um, so, you know, I mean, it, it's a big deal it, and some of it might have to do with how just big a star Chris hero is by himself that, that all this is going down, but, um, certainly cool to see how they did it. The video is a whole two minute thing on Facebook. You can easily find it on their, their stuff over there. Um, but yeah, it, it's, it's pretty cool. Uh, just, just the thought of Nakamura and Ono is, is salivating <laughs> it is exciting and you know Ono's the guy like I said we've seen there before uh, you know another name we're also hearing we've been talking about this too is Kyle O'Reilly and I have a gut feeling that you, what you're saying here Paul could happen with you know Kyle O'Reilly as well I mean Sean I mean looking at that I mean these are two guys in the indies and that they've just you know huge names will be joining NXT 
I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think that this is good, though, um, that they are kind of letting it out early. That way people are focusing on NXT and trying to watch it, you know. I'm going to go ahead and play this, uh, the quick hits drop so that if you listen to it, uh, it has a little marker for you so you know that we started the news. Um, and then I'll answer the question in about 10 seconds. Hold on. It's time for wrestling news. Quick hits. All right. Sorry. I had to, uh, that way, when if you listen to it on Spreaker or whatever, it has a marker that shows we started the news here, so you can skip right to it or whatever you want. To. But uh, yeah, so you know we talked about cast it, you know Chris Hero coming uh, looked like at first it wasn't going to be with the cast or no name. Now it does. If you think about it, it makes sense, right? Like we don't have a WWE character ever come back, and they're just that dude. Right, they they are their whatever their WWE character was. So, um, it makes a lot of sense that they hadn't come back as Cassisono because that's a trademarked name. They already have the stuff for it. You know, who knows if they could even trademark Chris Hero? Um, you know, it's it's one of those where, yeah. Chris Hero maybe sounds cooler or whatever, but they they already have that name. So I'm just happy he's here and hell knock him over Chris Hero. Oh my god, sign me up. Yeah. Whenever they want to do that match. Uh you know, Kyle Wiley is we talked about him on the, you know, Wrestle Kingdom when we pre Wrestle Kingdom we talked about it various times. I feel like he belongs in New Japan. He has a following there. People, rec- you know, know him there. His style works great there. Not that he won't work in NXT. I just have, I'm scared for him. If he ever gets out of NXT, what happens? You know? Yeah. yeah. Would he go anywhere? I, I think the thing that's most concerning for Kyle O'Reilly in NXT is that his style is so radically different, I think, from a lot of the more recent big uh, independent signings that they've had. Like He's very much a MMA hybrid wrestler sort of guy, right? I don't know how well that's really going to transfer over in a WWE arena, right? And you could bring up Brock Lesnar and all that. Brock Lesnar does not use a lot in the, the, the Kimura is the only thing they've ever really had him use, right? Kyle used a whole lot of different stuff. So trying to see him blend that with the WWE style... That's that's an awfully big challenge. So he might be in NXT for a long, long time if he is signed there. We don't we don't know for sure, obviously. Yeah, exactly. You know, and, and I kind of you know made it sound like that that was going to be a done deal. It is not. I mean, he could legitimately could sign with New Japan. I mean, he could follow uh, in the steps of uh, Michael Elgin and, and say, you know what, you know, I, I like what he's doing over there. He's been very successful. Hey, I should do that instead of NXT. And we, you know, we have just heard the rumor mills about NXT being a new stop for him. So we don't know that for a fact, though. Um, but, you know, Kyle O'Reilly, you know, once again, that's a name that probably will not be used unless or some way WB says, sure, we, you know, that's a solid name, which it is a solid name. But, you know, they didn't let Chris Hero keep his. Do you think that Kyle O'Reilly will walk in as Kyle O'Reilly? If, if he does go to NXT. 
Yeah, if he does, I don't think so. It's not like he's Shinsuke or Samoa Joe or these. I, I mean, Chris Hero signed before this all blew up, right? Those guys that have been able to keep their names, Roderick Strong, they've usually been on the independent scene for so long that their names already have a lot of value and changing it would take it away. Bobby Root, another good example. Um, or they've had so much success elsewhere and made a lot of headlines. And I, I mean, Roderick isn't exactly the best comparison for that, but everybody else who they've done it with, Austin Aries, Samojo, Shinsuke Nakamura, Bobby Root, these have all been top-tier guys um, and, and something that at one time at least could be viewed as competition in the very lowest sense because obviously it's near impossible to contend with WWE nowadays, but I don't think he would. Yeah, you know, and I, I think you're right. And, you know, what's interesting here is that you got a guy like Kyle O'Reilly, who, you know, has known around the world with that name. But, I mean, once again, you know, NXT could change that if he decides to go there. Who knows what happens with him? But, I mean, I, I think that, you know, the, the name value is kind of important. But, you know, to WB, it's just not the same, I think, as a fan would look at it. Um, you know, we have all these different situations, uh, you know, people switching around. And Bobby Fish just recently re-signed with Ring of Honor. And now there have been thought processes of maybe, you know, Bobby Fish going other places. Um, but he apparently turned down offers already uh, to WB and, uh, you know, other places. So, I mean, what do you think Bobby Fish is really thinking here? Do you think it's a really good situation for him in Ring of Honor and so good of a situation that he you know, feels like at his age that that's the right place to be around? Uh, I think there's some room that has opened up for him now is the way it's going to be. The, the really hard part for me to really say you should stick with Ring of Honor is, yeah, you're going to have great matches, and yeah, there's a lot of great talent there and all this and that, but their booking has not been very trustworthy. Bobby Fish is in position to challenge for the Ring of Honor World title, no doubt, right? He won Survival of the Fittest. He's got something going for him. Booking-wise, I think, is why a lot of people are getting gun-shy. Uh, and maybe the exclusivity of the deal is is another thing that people are real gun-shy about, too, just because you can make a lot of money now on the indies. Uh, so I, I don't think he would have stayed unless he was either promised top billing now, like he's going to be a star uh, for them. Or something along those lines. I should also mention, uh, it's also being rumored now that Ring of Honor believes Ray Rowe is being looked at by WWE and he could go there. So uh, there's that possibility when his contract comes up. If not, uh, War Machine is trying to stay together as a package deal and re-sign with Ring of Honor New Japan that way. Um, So there is that too to, to talk about if you guys want to touch on. What do you think about that, Sean? That's some interesting news. I'm surprised WWE hasn't looked at them earlier. Those are your typical WWE wants to sign them guys. They're big dudes that are athletic. They move. They have a certain look about them. Hanson especially. Like, you know, I'm surprised WWE hasn't come calling for them a long time ago. Uh, but, you know. Sometimes it takes a while for you to get noticed or whatever, or, or at this point, WWE is just, you know, the thing is too, like, you can make the case that WWE isn't, like, over-signing people because they also have to take into account the amount of people that they sign that are just going to not work out or that are super projects, and they have to sign other people to cover for what if those people don't work. Like, but 
they are also in that mode of anybody that has any kind of name, they're going to try to grab just to make sure nobody else can get them. And we have to be honest with ourselves and understand that that's the way WWE's playing the game right now. And so to me, like, when, I, when I'm saying, look, these are WWE's prototypical guys, WWE should, probably should have signed them a year ago or two years ago or whatever. Um, and they didn't come calling then. So weird that you're now you're coming to call... And it just seems like you're doing this now when you know all these ROH contracts are up. And it seems like you're just now trying to just grab everybody that ROH doesn't have in our contract. Instead of, oh, we really want these guys because they're great. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a good point, too. And, you know, I look at this, you know, as being a situation that, you know, kind of what alluded to what Paul was saying earlier about Kyle O'Reilly. These are some great stars. There's some, you know, super talented wrestlers in this mix. But will they be using the right way? Are they there just to say, hey, you know, we're keeping them away from everybody else so we can, you know, hold their rights until they cool down, or till we just kind of change them enough where their interest is not there and, and we can send it back on their way? I don't know. It, WWE's playing this game, and this game is at sometimes just very cruel. It's a very cruel game uh, because wrestlers their entire lives have wanted to join WWE, have aspirations of WrestleMania, all these great things. But sometimes, honestly, WWE does not have their dreams in mind. Sometimes WWE is just playing the numbers game and what's going to make them money, what's going to keep other organizations and promotions from making the money that they want to make. So it's interesting. And I, I, I'm excited about, you know, all the names we've talked about that will possibly be, you know, move into that realm of WB. It is still, though, a concern for me because I love these guys. You know, I hate to see them get put in a place where they're not used and used well. So I, I will see. Um, but I, I'm really, you know, hoping if it does take place, it's good and not negative. Um, so uh, but you know what? What's interesting is that we also, you know, have this big UK tour uh, for WB. They're doing a tournament over there. I said tours, really a tournament. Uh, and this tournament's a big deal. And, you know, we kind of already talked about on this show about, you know, how the UK is on fire right now when it comes to wrestling and how it's just a big deal. And WB's jumping in on that. And now this tournament's going to involve a lot of UK stars, a lot of no names, uh, at least in the UK. We don't really, at least I personally don't know a lot of the names. Uh, but one name that I do know that is now joining and going to be a part of it is Mandrews. And this guy is, of course, from TNA. Um, I don't know, guys. I mean, this is kind of cool, I guess, for him. Uh, you know, he's a UK guy already, and, you know, he's made a lot of success in TNA, but his contract was up. What do you think about him, honestly? Do you think he'll do well in this tournament? Uh, it's another guy that you could stick in the cruiserweight division and watch him very easily impress people. Mark Andrews is a wonderful wrestler. Uh, his time in TNA did not, I think, do him just do. If you watch him in Progress or Attack Pro Wrestling over uh, in the UK, you get a, a really great picture of what he's like. And the, the dude is an incredible talent. Uh, so I, I think he could do very well if they if they want him to succeed. Um, but yeah, an easy shoe in for the cruiserweight division too, if they want to, if they want to add him to that uh, great talent pool. Yeah. 
Do you have anything, Sean? Do you I mean I don't know if you really, you know, pay attention to to you know this guy, but you know, for what it's worth, he's he's okay to me. I've not seen all his work in uh, you know over in the UK actually. Oh, you know, Mandrews is one of the guys that would stand out in their X division when he was there. Um, mm-hmm. And it just always was kind of like he was like all oh, Rockstar Spud's like sidekick or whatever. And now look at Rockstar Spud; he's over there losing the fucking Hornswoggle. Jeez, <laughs> you never went hard. When- Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. They were actually doing something with Rockstar Spud, and now he's losing the Hornswoggle. I mean, good God. Yeah. Uh, just, I'm just saying, like... You know, poor Andrews could have actually tried to bend something, and that's never happened for him. But hey, you know what? Just like WWE missed the boat on on Mr. C.J. Parker, TNA missed the boat on guys. Everybody's missed the boat on somebody. So yeah, uh, very much the truth. And I, I you know I just hope all the all the best for him and, and whatever he does. You know, I just think it's kind of cool that you know we're going to see one of those TNA guys that. I think a lot of people don't really understand or really know a lot about getting a chance here. Uh, you know, this is interesting that, you know, this UK tour is happening. Or I keep saying tour. Good God. Tournament. This UK tournament is happening so fast. And we're going to get a, you know, a uh, UK champion before you know it. But yeah, you that's know all... it's next week, Gary. I know. It's amazing. I can't believe it's already right here. Uh, but what it is going to do, it's going to push back the women's tournament they'll be having to may so if you're looking forward to seeing that soon i am sorry you're gonna have to wait uh it'll be taking place in may for all those who want to see it but there will be some stars i think that will be you know involved in this and uh you know we have a few names on this dock and i'll let one of you uh, sean do you want to talk about some of these on this dock here uh kimberly is one of them uh you know but i mean or you know, maybe well, Paul I mean, may know more of them. It's Heidi Lovelace, Kimberly, the ones we already talked about. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just they just have different names uh, in the WWE announcement because they went with. You they know, use their real names. Uh, yeah, they use their real names, but um, uh, I had no idea who. Oh, the MMA woman that they tried to sign, they actually signed her, the Julia Ho lady. Mm-hmm. But yeah. And then the big Amazon, Andrea, which I think that was the one show we didn't do with Paul that she got signed, which is cool that they signed her, too, so they can have different women. I, you know, the thing with – I still haven't gotten confirmation on this, but I saw – I'm thinking there's a couple that, like Nixon Newell and a, another one that may not show up till April. 
Um, so that's why we may not see their names yet. But yeah. Yeah, depending on how all that shook out with Stardom over there too, because I they're think there was. Yeah, like go ahead. I, I, Nixon, Noel, and uh, and Kaylee Ray are challenging for the tag titles in uh, in mid January in Stardom, uh, which should be an incredible match. Should be yeah. awesome. Yeah. So, I mean, I just didn't know if you guys, I and mean, Paul, I don't know if you had anything else to say. I mean, I know we've already talked about some of these names, but I mean, I just thought we'd bring them up again because they will be in that, you know, involved in that women's tournament. So, um, but yeah, I mean, if, if, you know, I think we've already kind of covered that, we can move on to something else. Uh, let's talk about real quick, you know, you just mentioned stardom. Let's talk about the fact that Ring of Honor is actually trying to work a deal out with them uh, because, you know, they want to, you know, grow women of honor. And being a part of you know stardom will definitely be a big big deal for them. How do you think that'll end up? You know, Paul. I mean, what do you think about this? I, I mean, stardom is, is probably the most talked about Joshi promotion over in Japan right now. Uh, so you have a whole lot of stuff going on there. And I mean, there's there's a lot of great talent in stardom for them to take advantage of if that's the way this goes. The way I read the article, it sounded like stardom might have approached them too because there's there's stardom's trying to make inroads over here in the states. So working with Ring of Honor, who has uh, a past history with working with promotions from Japan, uh, and also is trying to get this Women of Honor project off the ground. I mean, girls like Io Shirai and Kairi Hojo and, and Maya Iwatani and the whole gambit that they have over there, they they could really make Ring of Honor's women wrestling stand out and be different. And not to mention the girls that they already have signed there. I mean, it that could be a, a fantastic division that would you you would have to keep your eye on. Yeah, I mean, it obviously would be great for the Women of Honor uh, thing, and then, you know, the, I don't know that they just have these plethora of big names as far as who's in the Women of Honor thing that would really help um, stardom, other than partnering with them just so that stardom's name gets there to the american audience uh, i don't know that necessarily it translates to like them doing great when they go over to japan or whatever um like you know with roh going over when new japan does the on rising or, or whatever mm-hmm. um you know it, this this women of honor thing is such a like uh it's such a like startup thing for them they're just now trying to make it into a big deal so we're going to have to see what comes of this at all. Uh, but obviously, you know, a good thing that they're going with ROH and not. I mean, it's surprising they didn't try to uh, try to keep on doing something with Lucha Underground or whatever, you know, or, or even try to do something with, uh, with TNA or whatever. So it's interesting. I... I think they went with the smarter idea here, though. I mean, Ring of Honor runs more often than Lucha Underground, so you have that. They have an established women's division, even though it doesn't necessarily have a championship, but you could certainly work them in there. Uh, and, and, of course, TNA, they I, they don't have a very deep knockouts roster, so I, I don't I don't think they would want to pair up there either. Plus, I think with the way you know the Ring of Honor style sort of works, it, it might fit better with the way Stardom sees things. I don't know, but... I, th- I think Ring of Honor brings just as many, I, I don't want to say stars, but they have some terrific talent in there that would work well in stardom. And most of the Joshis, or excuse me, the, most of the Gajan Joshis that have made their way over there, Santana Garrett, 
Kaylee, Kaylee, uh, Ray, um, Nixon Noel, like we just talked about, like they do generally pretty well over there. So I, yeah, I think Tony Storm's been killing it over there. When Tessa Blanchard's gone over there, she's been good. So even if it doesn't tr- directly translate into attendance for Stardom. For Ring of Honor, at least, if they send some of their girls over there, uh, it's an absolutely great atmosphere to get get better in, you know. Oh yeah, De- I mean, definitely the ones you're gonna be wrestling over there in that environment is gonna be great for them. They're mm-hmm. gonna get bigger crowds over there than they will here. Oh yeah, very true. Yeah, and you know uh, these kind of working relationships. I mean, they're really positive. I think they're good for wrestling in general. You know, we've seen, you know, of course even WWE break out and work with other promotions like Evolve. I mean, to me, it only makes sense. And I, I, you've seen how Ring of Honor's relationship with New Japan has been very successful. And I think it's also really been, you know, prominent to, for the U.S. You know, audience to learn more about these New Japan wrestlers and really get excited about how the Bullet Club has exploded even over here in the U.S. and how, you know, a lot of these superstars in Japan, that most people may not have really paid any attention to until Ring of Honor actually said, hey, you know, we're having big pay-per-views in the U.S. with these people. It, it's just a really positive thing. It gives the, the, an audience of, you know, a chance to see people that they've never seen, and it's exciting. Mm-hmm. So, uh, in general, wrestling is good when, it you know, people work together. Um, you know, we're talking about this, uh, there's some interesting information out there about New Japan. And uh, right. New Japan actually is going to do what we've been talking about, guys. They're bringing it over here to the U.S. We got two dates in July where New Japan is going to be here. Give me more information about this, Sean. Uh, They're called G1 Special Shows. They are in Long Beach, California, as we talked about earlier. Um, They'll be in the convention center in Long Beach. They are pretty much – probably what's going to happen is the G1 – Blocks get announced at Dominion, which this year is on June 11th. So what will probably happen is that you'll get because they these probably will not be shown on New Japan World or anything like that. You'll get if you went to these shows, you'll get to watch some G1 matches that you might actually get to see again during the actual G1, or maybe you'll get some cross block matches that you wouldn't get. During the G1, because you only get to wrestle the A block, and B block only gets to wrestle B block. So, you know, it's interesting how they'll do this. Obviously, the idea with putting the G1 name on it is that people know the G1 name, and also because you'll be thinking that they'll actually be bringing more to the show than they would if it was just like, a, oh, we're bringing, we're doing a couple of house shows here, come over here. So, going to be interesting. Interesting that they went with this. Yeah, I, I'm pretty stoked for it. I think it's it's going to be very interesting. I, the way the the attend if I'm looking at the right building, uh, they might be able to pack nine thousand people in there with all the seats that would be available, plus you know floor and all that. So a, a lofty goal if I'm looking at the right building uh, for sure. <laughs> Yeah, and, and Paul, I'm sure you're going to want to be one of those 9,000 people. Maybe. Uh, Maybe. <laughs> I've never been to California before. <laughs> uh, neither have I. When do we I, all want to be? <laughs> oh, yeah. I would love to do it, you know. 
that'd be amazing. So I don't know. We'll keep you posted if we get a chance. Uh, but you know what? I mean, it's great to see that New Japan is actually doing this. I mean, we've heard about it. There's always been talk, but now it's finally going to happen. That's exciting. It really, really is. Um, so there you go. Uh, let's talk some Lucha Underground really quickly here. Lucha Underground had some big news uh, that oh, we. Oh, I, I wanted to go mention ahead. this too. The we I forgot to talk about this during the the Wrestle Kingdom show. They got a thousand one hundred more paid than last year. The twenty six one ninety two is the paid number. There was actually, if you include the papered, like the people that you know they gave tickets away for free. There was apparently thirty five thousand to thirty seven thousand people in the Tokyo Dome, which is big for you know New Japan to be able to do. A thousand more paid customers in business than last year, considering all that they lost. You know, so that's a that's a great gain for them. Definitely, I, I, they also added what ten thousand subscribers for New Japan World, which I, obviously we don't know the staying power of that, but still a nice little fluff of income for them there too. Yeah, yeah. So things are looking good in New Japan for sure. That's exciting. Uh, we were uh, about to talk about Lucha Underground, and they've got some interesting news here. Uh, after next week, which will actually be considered their mid-season finale, they will be taking a break. Uh, and the reason they're taking a break is because Season 4 will not be filmed for quite a while, so they want to kind of stretch this thing out. That way they can kind of, you know, not have such a long period of time in between Season 3 and Season 4. Um, so, Paul, I mean, this is interesting, kind of a bummer, because, you know, things are really starting to heat up in Lucha Underground. Um, how do you feel about it? Uh, this is kind of a rough deal. Hopefully the break that they're taking won't be as long as there was in between Seasons 1 and 2. Uh, especially with maybe the down note that Lucha Underground seems to be on as far as people talking about it. Obviously, the product's still been as wonderful as it always has been, but... Maybe maybe absence will make the the heart fonder in this case. I I don't know, but I I'm a little bummed. Yeah, the wait obviously wasn't as big uh, between season two and season three. Uh, so perhaps people kind of just were not they were on that on that kind of brink of oh do I want to keep watching it or not? Season two, season three came and like you had less people really wanting to keep up with it. So maybe, like you said, the the you know absence makes the heart grow fonder kind of thing. Because if it's the opposite, where the break makes it where people forget about it even more, that's not good news at all for Lucha Underground. You don't want even lower ratings than you're already getting, because you know you might have to start wondering at some point. Even though the channel that you're on is sort of helping pay for this and everything, when's too much? Yeah, yeah, that's the big deal. Yeah, I was, but I don't know how long a leash, you know, El Rey is giving him here, but we know the show ain't cheap. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we know it, definitely. That's the problem, is the show is not cheap. Oof, you're telling me. Uh, it's 
it's why they're doing it this way. And, you know, it's just a shame because, you know, you really look at that audience and say, okay, you know, you got an audience here, but, you know, you don't want to start losing a little bit of it here, a little bit of it there. You want to keep, you know, consistent and you want them to stay around. So I, I just hope that this is a smart decision and they don't lose too much momentum. Uh, you know, they've already kind of lost a little bit. I just hope they don't lose more. Um, so... Uh, well, you know, we got some rapid hits to jump into, guys. So why don't we jump into a few of those? Uh, let's go ahead and talk about the fact that there are some rumors circulating that the Hall of Fame next year for WB will be inducting two guys, in particular, the Diamond Dallas Page and Rick Rude. What do you think about those names in the Hall of Fame next year? Uh, I Rick Rude is, is a incredibly needed ad. He's a wonderful wrestler. Had impact in both uh, WWE and WCW, and uh, just a big draw all the way around. And, and Diamond Dallas Page might have been a late bloomer, but certainly just as beloved, I would say, as, as Rick Rude, a great wrestler, and somebody else who absolutely deserves the induction. Oh my God, uh, yeah, Rick Rude should have been in a long time ago. Um, not only for his WWE stuff, but. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Uh, WCW stuff, new, uh, Japan stuff. He's the, uh, you know, one of the few Gaijins that has ever made it to the G1 final, you know. Mm-hmm. So um, it's, he has a boatload of accolades, this man. Um should have been in a long time ago. Just glad he's getting in now. And of course, DDP. If all of his guys that have been in his uh, his deal with DDP Yoga are in, he's obviously needs to be in as well. But you know, he has the wrestling career. I think just his story, his story alone, is Hall of Fame worthy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the things he's been able to do, kayfabe wise and everything else, you know, WCW. Uh, and then to sort of make it in WWE a little bit, he didn't get like super over in WWE, but he had a thing for a little bit, and then they killed it when they did the stalker thing. But you know, we'll try to forget about that. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, I love it. Uh, no, this is kind of cool. I mean, I think Rick Rude definitely deserves it. I think a lot of former stars have said this guy needs to be in like yesterday. So uh, I really look forward to that if that is the case. And Diamond Dallas Page is one of my favorites. I mean, I just I grew up watching him. He was such a big part of WCW when I was really big into watching their product. So I, I really hope it does go out with a bang and have him and part of that. So, 
Um, other, you know, interesting news here. We got Jeff Jarrett and Dutch Mantel uh, will be joining back up with TNA. They're going to make a return. And Jeff Jarrett himself will be an executive consultant. And an Anthem Sports announced this, announced this just recently. Yeah, Anthem came out recently, too, and has announced their full ownership of TNA now. Uh, they own about 85% of the company with Aerolux, I assume, making up I think it's another... 90 now because Dixie had five. Right. I, I, is Dixie gone now? They said yeah, Dixie's gone. Some... That's the whole point okay. of it. Okay. I, well, I know she's not president, but they gave her some other position in one of the articles I read for, like, global branding or some bullshit like that. She's but... a member of the advisory board for Fight Media. Okay. Um, so, so 90, I assume Aerolux is the other 10 now. Uh, so, I mean, it's it's great for TNA. Hopefully we'll get some... Rad, uh, some big changes that will help them stay stay afloat and, and maybe make them competitive again. I mean, this is good for TNA. Uh, you know, you need to get Dix, glad Dixie no longer has any decision-making power because, boy, just no. Um, they also announced that uh, they're on Hulu now. So they finally gotten with the 21st century. Good job, TNA. <laughs> yeah, it really, you know, that's a really positive thing. It really is. You know, we've seen people that have had, you know, trouble finding him and, and complain. I mean, Pop TV even, is not the most well-known channel. Even if right. you have it, what the heck do you watch on Pop TV? I, I had no idea it existed until we found out that TNA was going there. So that shows you. Um, but, you know, it, it's it's cool though that hulu is something very known and now they can you know hopefully be a part of that whole scroll when you're looking at hulu you know says teen impact wrestling people like what's this i need to check this out um so uh, that's really positive now what's not positive is the fact that teddy hart goes back to jail that's right yeah and here we go again guys uh dui and evading police are just a couple charges for him Uh, this guy was just on chris jericho's show talking jericho you know and jericho i think was I guess being nice, and you know, maybe he was just said a few things that were kind about him, but this just does not help Teddy Hart at all. No matter how much you know positive press this guy gets, he always ends up with negative. Yeah, I mean, win some, lose some, I guess, right? I just make good decisions. <laughs> I, I don't know how people struggle with this, but just just make good decisions, guys. Yeah, make good decisions, Teddy Hart. You know, don't know what to tell you, man. You got to stop doing this dumb shit and get it together. Yeah, for sure. It's like between him and Alberto Del Rio. It's like who can do more dumb crap? Or, you know. You know what? They need to make a new show, uh, and WWE Network needs to just make this show, even though they don't have these people under contract. But they need they need to make a new show and just pay these people as like just contract talent of the, not in actual wrestling but just people to come in so they need del rio they need teddy hart and they need sunny all to live in a house and you know just oh, Lord. see what uh, chaos ensues right seriously at the rate that it's going they really need to just have a uh total another total divas spinoff you know they have total bellas you gotta have the you know poppy and page show at this point <laughs> <laughs> like seriously, the, just watching the stuff that they do on Total Divas, it's like 
I want to watch an entire spinoff show with us, those two. Like, what happens to Paige normally? Like, I oh. with him around, what is she doing? Like, what dumb stuff does she say? <laughs> How does he get into these fights? Like, we'll actually have video of these fights that, like, you know, he won't just magically get stabbed and then be able to fake it later. Like, you know? So... Just oh, saying. Man. San Antonio is still denying that none of that happened, by the way. I just want to point that out. That, wow. You know. Jeez. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure they're just like, please, you know, Del Rio, just get out of our city. Thanks. Appreciate it. Um, but anyway, uh, this has been some crazy uh, news this week with some really interesting stuff. And uh, that's quick hits for us, guys. Uh, we have a special topic uh, that we're going to talk about, and, and I just want to ask Sean really quickly, because I know, Sean, you're going to kind of step away from when we do our reviews. Uh, do you want us to save this special topic for a little later, or do you want to go ahead and do it now? No, let's just go ahead and do it. Okay. Uh, you know, and Sean brought this up, and, and it's a great topic, and this topic revolves around the star ratings. And, of course, you know, if you pay attention to, of course, Dave Meltzer and every other uh, person that wants to we rate do wrestling it on our episode. site. No. Oh, we do it. I, it. A lot of people do it. I mean, it's it's pretty normal. Of course, you know, Hollywood's a big deal. Star ratings are also selective because every person is different. They kind of have different ways of judging wrestling matches or the talent in those matches. The interesting debate, though, Sean, and you were bringing this up, is the fact that, you know, there are some matches out there that, you know, get rated either too low or too high, and some people just have to argue that point. What did you really, you know, uh, there's some things you wanted to get get out of this conversation. I want to make sure you get those points. So kind of ask the questions, or what, really, what did you want to talk about this? I think my point of it is that, you know, there was so much vitriol paid to after the Okada Omega match of you're an idiot if you're rating this thing five stars, like, what are you watching? Or, no, you're an idiot if you're not rating it five stars. And then Dave Meltzer comes out and says, you know what, screw all you people, this match is six stars. And so then everybody's like, oh my god, does that mean we have a new rating scale? Like, now we got to figure out what's five stars, what's four stars, what's three stars again? Like, whatever. Uh, you know, like, I mean, I think sometimes... Number one, I think we have to remember that Dave Meltzer's a person just like we are. Like, everybody is going to have their own version of what three and a half stars is, what three and, a half, three, and three quarter stars is, what four and three quarter stars is, like, whatever. You know, like, my problem with it is, number one, taking, look, Dave Meltzer is an important aspect to wrestling, period. He is the godfather of wrestling if you can call it wrestling journalism along with bill after you know like he sort of has started this thing of anybody that really wants to do anything with news and wrestling and then people have kind of taken it on as a thing for themselves now you know what ryan satin does coming from tmz and actually kind of adding a little bit of more traditional journalism to wrestling is kind of cool i'm sorry i'm getting kind of meta here but like you know just I think we don't need to necessarily always take what he says as gospel, but then also got to remember that he's a person and he has his favorite things, just like we do, just like everybody else does. You have your favorite promotions, your favorite wrestlers, and sometimes when those wrestlers, those promotions, as much as you try to be unbiased, if you're actually trying to be, 
they're going to get a little bit more of your attention than say if a promotion that you don't care about is doing something and you're trying, you're watching a match and you don't have that same connection or whatever. And like, I guess, I don't know when you're sitting here and looking at, we both were sitting here watching that match, Paul, and we go, okay, well that's five stars, right? Like, you mm-hmm. know, we're, we're into it. We're watching it live. We feel the emotion, whatever maybe we're not thinking in at it from the other perspectives that perhaps other people are are that didn't watch it at seven in the morning or whatever they watch it later or they watch it after the hype or whatever i guess part of my question is like does when you hear something is hyped up and then you go try to watch it later does that affect how you view that match and how do you – do you have a process, I guess, when you go through and say, I'm giving this whatever rating, you know? Uh, yeah. So so I'll give I'll give you the, the example we've talked about, I think, the most on the show in the last year. Uh, we, all, we all did WrestleMania last year. You guys went to go see NXT Dallas and got to see Shinsuke Nakamura and Sami Zayn go one-on-one live. And I was doing all the Evolve stuff. And, and all that good, you know, all, we, we all had a great time and everything, but you guys, we had talked about Nakamura and Zane a little bit before we sat down to watch NXT Dallas before we did all the shows last year. You, I, you guys had told me it was great. Even still, when that match was over, I was like, well, if that's, you know, not five stars, I, I don't know what is. That, those were the first words out of my mouth after that match was over. It was great. Whenever I sit down to watch... Anything, and, and I used to not really use star ratings at all. It's just like, yeah, I, I really enjoyed that match a lot, or it was great, or it was awesome, or whatever, you know, right? I didn't start trying to nail down a star rating thing until I started doing, re- you know, journalism and writing as far as wrestling media goes and, and the brief dalliances that I've had with it. So nowadays, whenever I sit down and watch a match, I I usually, whether I know if it's supposed to be great or not, I sit down and I look for certain things, right? And storytelling is one, uh, match construction is another, but really what it comes down to at the end of the day is how much I enjoyed the match. And that's what a star rating really should represent, right? Uh, I usually don't go much below two all that often unless it's just really bad. Uh, And that's usually because, you know, I'm watching wrestling. It's something I greatly enjoy. Usually if you put together a pretty decent match, you're going to get two stars out of me, okay? I think average is what two... Two stars is what most people go for. Three is yeah, good. Yeah, average is two, yeah. Yeah, average is two, good is three, great is four, perfect, or out of this world amazing is five, right? And I gave away five stars six times last year, um, which, I mean, last year was an incredible year for wrestling. I, whether they were all five stars or not, ultimately, I, I, I don't know if I have a lot of care about universal agreement, Um but I, I certainly, I mean, if I think a star rating really should, at the end of the day, re- reflect your personal enjoyment. And if Melter enjoyed Omega and Okada so much that he gave it six stars, that's great. I mean, in the in the chat on our thread on the W two and Facebook group during the event that a bunch of us were watching live, I kept hitting the star button on my keyboard until my hand got tired, and then just <laughs> that. So, I, I, <laughs> I it's. I th- it's all subjective. I understand mileage may vary for a lot of these other people, but it, it a great match is a great match. You know? 
Yeah, you know, it is so selective, it's not funny. Um, because you, you'll get a sample group of people in the same room, watch the same match, and you'll have 15 people vote one way, another 15 people vote another, and then eight people vote just the opposite way completely, like way down the scale where the other body else is rating high or, you know, medium high. Uh, and so I look at this, and I'm always one of those kind of guys that – I hate giving five stars. And I know it sounds stupid, but I just I I don't like doing it because I feel like perfection usually is a little bit higher than I think most people can reach. And if you can reach that, that means that's the ceiling. And I kind of think is there really a ceiling sometimes? Is there really that ceiling on this match or uh to this superstar in general of what their abilities are? I don't know. It's so hard for me because I feel like I'm kind of limiting somebody by saying, oh, that's the best they'll ever do. Or that's the best. And I know people don't look at it that way because you say, no, no, they can have multiple of these. What's wrong with it? Um, but that's just the way I look at it. So a lot of times if you know you listen to my reading, like when we do Monday Night Raw, we rank 1 to 10, 10 being the highest, 1 the lowest. And I a lot of times will give a 7. If I really love Raw, it's going to get a 9. I've yet to give a Monday Night Raw a 10. I've yet to give a pay-per-view a 10. And so it's very difficult. Once I do that, you know I loved it every minute of it, if I ever give it that. And so looking at the five-star rankings, I can give a five-star sometimes, but for the most part, I don't. For the most part, even for the best matches I think I've seen, I think I've given four to four and a half. And that's probably that, you know, that match Paul was just talking about, Sami Zayn and, uh, you know, Nakamura. I, I think I gave it like a four, four and a half. And it was amazing. I loved it. I was there. I got a chance to see it in full. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Um, but still, I'm very tough on it, and I think some other people are more like lax. And is that wrong? No, I don't think it's wrong. No, I mean you can be a tough grader, and you can. Be, I don't think that you're necessarily an easy grader either. If you did, I think it's all about. Uh, you know, my process is similar to Paul's in that. You know, I sit there and look at all those things. Um, I value did the crowd get into the match? I think maybe a little bit more, uh, because if the crowd's not into it, you're not doing something. Something's going on. Right, yeah, the mm-hmm. crowd has to be there. I'm not saying that they have to be piping ridiculous either. They don't have to be that smart Uh-oh. crowd that does everything. Sean, you're breaking up, whatever. Sean. You're breaking up really bad. I don't know if you're away from Yeah, you got dial tone robot Gary going on. Yeah. Uh, hold on. 
is a headset maybe losing power, <laughs> which can't take place when a Bluetooth headset. Uh, okay, uh, does it sound better? A little bit. A Try little. Hold on, well, my headset's not giving me the red dot. So. Yeah, I'm not sure what's going on there. Um, you never I'm know. I'm I don't know if that is doing anything. But not just yet. Hold on, let me call, call you back. Okay. No, I can hear it now. Thing to Hello. Hello. Okay. You sound way better now. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So uh, continue your point. Might have, might have been <laughs> Skype being weird, I guess, or something. I don't know. Uh, yeah. So I mean, like my process is very similar. I kind of value like crowd reaction a bit more to like if they're really into it, then that helps me feel like okay, they're they're doing something right here, and then of course as things go on and you feel that emo I'm also like very into the how does that make me how does it move me emotionally like if I'm losing my being the journalist person and becoming the fan person then that went that's in that that's where I get into that for it goes from the four and a half to the four three to the five range like when I said you know I was watching the Okada Ishii match and I wanted to scream sometimes at inside the Little Caesars, and I had to cover my mouth. Like that's when I know, okay, this is getting into that part where it's like, oh, this is incredible. You know, mm-hmm. this is amazing. Mm-hmm. This is one of those matches I'm going to be watching over and over and over. You know, uh, same thing when we were there at the, you know, Nakamura and Zayn, like. I felt that when we got done, you know, and I said, well, I kind of want to watch it again to validate it because sometimes when you're there live, you feel things a little bit differently because you're there with that crowd and it's crazy and whatever, you know. Um, But, like, some people don't. Some people can watch something silent and and they're like, oh, this was great, you know, whatever. You know, it's – to me, it's – we all have to remember it's subjective, right? Mm -hmm. And we have to remember that – we shouldn't attack other people because they didn't think the same way that we did. You know, sometimes I like a match more than Paul. Sometimes Paul likes a match more than me. You know, sometimes we'll argue about it or whatever. But it's like, I don't, there's never that need for me to go, well, Paul, you were totally wrong. Other than, I'm, you know, us joking with each other or something. Right. Because it's, it's how Paul feels, you know? So... I can't knock Paul because he didn't feel the same way I did about something, you know. Um, and, and I agree with you, Gary. Like for a sh- to me, rating a show is much different than rating a match. It's it's harder to rate a show uh, because there's more intangibles that you're looking at. You're looking at an entire three-hour, two-hour, uh, one-hour, four-hour, five-hour event, 
and there's other qualifiers that have to hit, you know, depending on what the show is, whatever, whatever. So, like, mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever given a 10 either. And, I don't, you know, I don't think Paul said he's gotten real close sometimes, but, you know, not given that. Mm-hmm. It's easier for me to give a five star match rating than it is to give a 10 for the show because that match is that one thing that I'm watching and there's only certain matches that ever make you feel in that way. There's not really a way to make you feel like, oh, this is a 10 show. You know? Um, It's the same thing with, like, you know, people go, oh, well, you can't ever give a video game a 10 because there's never a perfect video game. Well, that's that's true. That's why there's only, like, ever five 10s that ever exist or whatever. You know, because it's so much different when you're writing this huge thing that you're playing or seeing or watching than this 20-minute, 30-minute epic thing that you just watched, you know. So mm-hmm. I totally agree with you on the show. Um, but, like, you know, I understand Gary is a harder grader when it comes to that. I, I've talked to people and I've listened to people on podcasts that they're just really, really hard graders. And, you know, whatever they look for may not be the same things that I look for. They didn't hit my butt. It didn't hit their buttons the way it hits my buttons. You know, it's it, that's those things. Like, I don't know where people are getting the whole three and a half stars out of somewhere. They're in a hole somewhere. I don't know about that. But sometimes I wonder if people just want to troll to troll. But, you know, Okada Omega is not three and a half. We, we got to have some kind of standard here. But, um,. You know, that's the thing. So some some people just go, "Oh my God, that's too much." Like they did way too. You know, there's a there's a ton of people that are like that now, where it's like, "Oh, they did too much." Automatically, I dock it like two stars because they did too much. You know, it's like yeah. it's so it's such a weird. We have so many weird, different qualifiers for wrestling things. You know, there's like things that happen in wrestling that people just cannot stand anymore, so they go up. Oh, you know, whatever. So it's it's hard. It's hard to say I want to be objective. It's hard to say I want to be a critic and not criticize and not hate on something. And, you know, whatever. Navy L is a little bit too harsh on Cody Rhodes for the way he was in, at Wrestle Kingdom. Maybe some people are going to bash me for it, whatever. But I have my right to feel that way. Paul has his right to feel the way he did. You know, other people do. So I just want to put that out there that if you read something on our site and somebody did star ratings, remember those are their ratings. You disagree with them all you want to, but make sure you're bringing constructive arguments. Don't just blast somebody to put them on blast, you know? And that's mm-hmm. like same thing with, like, I love the fact that our group was not blasting people like that because they're well-minded, normal people that don't just go crazy and attack each other over stupid star ratings at the end of the day they're just ratings like who cares you know that's what mm-hmm. i just want to point like they're just personal things who cares you know yeah so like yeah. i wish one people would have been able to talk about like tna was actually doing something good this week but we had to talk about star ratings for an hour on twitter instead so i'm just mm-hmm. making making that point so. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Paul, anything? Any, any last comments about this? Anything? No, I, I think Sean put a nice little bow on that one. 
You did, and, and I just want to add one little tiny thing. Uh, and I mentioned earlier that you know I kind of made a joke of it. My my wife, you know, is embarrassed at everything I do, and it was a joke. But at the same time, it, it's kind of like this rating system because she's really not embarrassed. We're really, and she's told me this before. You know, if I do public speaking of any sorts or anything, and you know, it's what it is. She just gets nervous for me. And it's that whole aspect of I want you to do well and I want it to be good. So I don't want to have to have that stress. And I think sometimes as wrestling fans, we put that stress on us when we're, you know, making these rankings as well. You know, whatever rating we want to rate it, we either try too hard or try too little because we either don't care enough or we care too much and we try to put too much into it or we just don't have that even keel thought. Sometimes we can't be objective, so it's difficult. It's not always easy. You can for you know matches you really feel strongly about, but sometimes it's just not easy. So yeah, I mean, uh, you do want to try to have, like you know, let's be honest. When you put something out there, do we want somebody? To, do you want universal agreement? Sure, you do, but you also can't like. Whether it's writing a review or writing a article or writing a game review or or whatever, at the end of the day, it's all subjective. And if you write it to try to universally appeal to everybody and go, oh well, I know everybody's gonna get mad at me if I put give this like three and a half stars, so I gotta bump it up like another star or something. Like if you write that way, you're doing a disservice to whatever place you're writing to and you're just doing a disservice to yourself. So mm-hmm. I just don't agree in that way. Like for, you know, the only time I ever have to worry about it is for games where I do have to sit there and go, okay, I do might have to change some of this wording because we can't just totally outright blast a game because then it does bother us. You know, it does affect our relationship with that company or whatever, but that's corporate crap that's not affecting how that person's rights and so i'm just i just want to make that point that like you know make sure you're being real too when you're doing this you know definitely yeah so there you go uh that's our discussion about you know ratings and you know how we do them and of course you know what we think about them uh but we have a lot more to do on the show we still have to rate uh you know Maybe a show or two, because uh, we, we're not really going to rate them, but I'm just teasing. But we do have to actually review some shows on this show. So uh, we're going to be doing that, uh, and Paul uh, and me are going to kind of go to these shows and kind of talk a little bit about each one and kind of give you our thoughts. So uh, don't forget as well, we'll also be crowning a Superstar of the Week. So um, I guess the first one on the dock is NXT. So let's go ahead and talk NXT, Paul. Oh, hold on. Let me do the... Uh... Wait for that drop. Yeah, wait for that drop. WWE Developmental in. Stop playing. What? Ah. What the hell? The drop just stopped playing. Like, it said. Oh, now, now it's. Oh my god, just technical wow. difficulties here. 
Yeah, it's it's the, the poltergeist has affected the podcast tonight, people. Beware. <laughs> uh but don't worry, you know, coming to the light. Uh okay, so let's go ahead and talk some NXT, Paul. Let's kinda get into this and uh you know, I know I know this is a live event, so we may not talk a lot about everything, but it's kind of a good show to talk about. Yeah, this is uh, another two-hour special that goes over the recent stuff that they did out in Melbourne, which, of course, had that big cage match between Samoa Joe and Shinsuke Nakamura for the NXT Championship. They opened this show with the Revival taking on Riddick Moss and Tino Sabatelli. I I don't know. This didn't really hit a lot for me. I, Moss and Sabatelli, I guess, are what they are at this point. They're not the most interesting foils. And it, and it pretty much just, you know, the Revival go over here and I mean they don't make them look like chumps but maybe they should have made them look like chumps Gary (laughs) I honestly thought they were going to I really did and when I saw Sabatelli I kind of thought to myself okay this guy you know is a guy we saw on uh the the breaking ground and I said okay so maybe he's actually making his progress I think he has to some extent I think Moss as well, and both those guys are good. I just was a little bit surprised this actually went as long as it did, and they let these guys do what they did. But, of course, once again, this is a live event. I don't even know if they really planned on making these public. Maybe they just decided, hey, let's do this instead of of end-of-the-year recap shows. Um, But I think this was just getting these guys some experience and all that. That's what I played this into. So I'm not so upset about it. They need the experience, but yeah, I'm with you. It wasn't perfect. It was nothing super spectacular. The revival honestly probably should have squashed them, but it is what it is. It is indeed what it is. I mean, obviously, matches like these are the only way those other guys are going to improve too. So, I the, that point taken into account, I just maybe it's my fandom getting in the way there, but they should have made them look like chumps. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I agree. I just, once again, I don't think that they were going to air this and maybe they decided to later. I don't know, but I get it. I, I get why they're doing this. Yeah. Uh, next up, you have another tag team contest as Bobby Roode teams up with the drifter, Elias Samson to take on buddy Murphy and the perfect 10 Ty Dillinger. Uh, of course, Ty is super over as he always is. Bobby Roode, super over. Elias, Somebody are, are kind of just tolerated. Uh, <laughs> uh, drift away chance for Samson. Uh, I thought this was pretty good uh, for, for what it was. It, it's another like another ten minute match, and these guys obviously have zero experience as far as tagging with each other. But I, I mean, as over as half of this equation is, I like Buddy Murphy personally as far as in ring stuff goes. So I, I ended up enjoying this. Buddy Murphy and Ty Dillinger do end up going over. Uh, Ty hits the tiebreaker on Samson to get the victory. What did you think about this one, Gary? It was okay. You know, it was not anything spectacular, but it was it was fine for what it was worth. Like you said, neither team had any chemistry. But they're just kind of throwing together tag teams. You get why they're doing this, right? They're doing this because they want these guys to kind of get a chance to get out there, and you know they want you know uh, Murphy uh, to wrestle out in front of his home crowd, right? Uh, the mm-hmm. crowd, he, you know, everybody loves him. So that's why he's, you know, tagged with Ty Dillinger, one of the big baby faces. Like, it, it all works together. So it's fine. Uh, Elias Sampson, still no interest. People still hate him. At the end of the day, there's just a way to get Ty Dillinger to look good. And it it worked, you know. So I was okay with it. Yeah, no problems with this one either. Um, next up, we have women's uh, women's action here. Billy Kay goes up against Ember Moon and Liv Morgan in a triple threat. Uh, this is Billy Kay uh, country here. She's from Australia. She was a rather 
big star here as far as the uh, the indie wrestling scene goes over there. Uh, Ember Moon, of course, is is the star in this. She's treated as a star. She ends up winning um, after uh, hitting the eclipse onto, I believe it's Billy. Um, they, they worked really well together, actually. I didn't think this was, was all that bad of an outing for all three girls. Obviously, in a triple threat, you can sort of hide maybe sort of Liv Morgan's um, maybe a little bit of her weakness here. But I, I just I love seeing Billy get the cheers and the home crowd adulation for uh, Billy, will you be my girl chance? All sorts of stuff. Yeah, and that's the theme of this. I mean, a lot of the people from New Zealand, Australia area, you know, are going to get a lot of love on this show, and that's expected. Uh, and I think that's why they kind of played into this type of thing. And this is great. I mean, it's it's kind of cool. You know, she's a big heel, and uh, in, in, of course, in Orlando. So now being, a, you know, in her in front of her home crowd, she's going to get lots and lots of love, which is fine. Uh, this match was good for what it was. I mean, uh, I, I kind of honestly prepared for myself to just kind of like, eh, but it was good. It was, you know, a match that I kind of figured Ember Moon would be the one going over, and she was. But at the end of the day, it didn't matter during the match. I mean, I, I thought it was fine. Liv Morgan, you got to kind of feel bad for her, you know, because you wanted to see her do some successful things, but this was not the time or the place, I don't think. Yeah, and she's still growing. I think we have to remember that a lot. I think she's she has a lot of talent. She's a nat- She feels like she's had a lot of athletics in her background. She looks like a natural athlete. I think she's very good at getting the, the baby face heat on her. Uh, so I, I, she, she might end up actually being one of these big stars that we talked about two, three years down the road for, for WWE and NXT and all that. But I, I, she's going to need some time to grow still. But everything else that's here is, is good stuff. Yeah, and she's not in bad company. Uh, that's what you can say. Is she, she's mm-hmm. in good company, and that makes her better. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, next up, we have the NXT Tag Team titles on the line. DIY defends against TM61, who are over huge here. Uh, maybe just as much as DIY is on any other night. These guys have a, a great match. It's the best one on this show. Uh, lots of great double teams from both. These guys are, you know, you're looking at one of the best tag teams in the world and TM61 who have worked together a lot and still looking for that breakout performance, I think on NXT, and of course DIY's gotten over super huge, almost hot-shotted to the tag team titles, and absolutely have earned every bit of success that they've garnered so far, and another wonderful outing for them here as they retain uh, with that super kick knee strike combo on, um, oh, not Thorne, who's the other guy? Uh, Miller, Miller. Yes, uh, Miller. Yeah. What did you think about that? I, I, I enjoyed myself greatly. I did too. I thought it was a really fun match. I mean, it was exciting. I knew it would be, though, because of the fact that you... I mean, the talent level in this match is just up there. These are two uh, really great tag teams. TM61, of course, have been working together forever now. Mm -hmm. Um, So they're a well-oiled machine, kind of like the Revival have become. Uh, So at the end of the day, I mean, this is just an exciting match. I'm glad that they got the time that they got. And, you know, DIY just has it with them. I mean, they did just have a good set of uh skills that each of them have you know to to use in each of these matches they put together and i think that you know it worked out pretty well so i was happy i was happy with the result yeah 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 i mean of course diy is building this wave of momentum that i think uh gonna take them towards the authors of pain it seems like for for san antonio just by what we've seen so far so i I, i'm actually kind of looking forward to that matchup diy can work with anybody so yeah 
after the match, they come back in. Uh, DIY, of course, uh, our TM61 is getting a huge chance. So DIY comes in, shakes hands with them. They all do the hand rings thing, and it's a nice little moment. Next week uh, is back in Orlando. Asuka is going to be there, and the Revival are going to get their rematch for the tag team titles against DIY. So that should be fantastic as usual. Uh, we get a recap of Joe and Nakamura from Osaka that they showed in last week. And then we get the steel cage match. Uh, the, we've seen this in clips. It wasn't great. Uh, and we've also, you know, if you follow WWE or anybody really on Twitter, uh, you know, of course, about the infamous steel cage problems they had trying to get the dang thing down. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, this goes maybe a little longer than I would have cared for. I don't think all the extra stuff really makes this stand out as as a great encounter between them or even equal to anything else that they had done before. But uh, Nakamura um, retains after uh, three Kinshasa's. Uh, so, I mean, Joe looks beast here, but not a not a terrific outing. It's fine. It's just nothing overly special. You know, I think at the end of the day, and Matt, I can't say that, you know, Joe or Nakamura felt this way, but I think at the end of the day, you kind of said, man, they've, they've given us really a, a lot of great stuff, you know, and some great matches out of them. You know, do we really need to add another one on? You know, and I say it this way, and it's kind of a weird analogy, but it'd be like saying, okay, we had the Super Bowl. Now we're going to play a game for the conference losers. They're going to have their own version of the Super Bowl to figure out who's third place. It would just be like, okay, it's fun, but it's not as exciting as that Super Bowl was, right? Mm-hmm. That's kind of the way I felt about this match. It was okay, it was fine, but it was not as exciting as the one before. So I, maybe one match too much, but that's fine. At the end of the day, you know, the live crowd in Australia got a good match, and now we'll probably you know get a chance to see bigger and better things out of both these guys. But eh, not the best one we've seen. Yeah, I we know Shinsuke is moving on to Bobby Roode for for San Antonio. Now that's all been decided and said, and Joe maybe in the Rumble. We don't know what else he's doing, but but yeah, things are on the up and up, moving towards the next T San Antonio here. Yeah, exactly. So we'll be looking forward to to those bigger, better days. Uh, but you know that pretty much wraps up. Uh, NXT uh, for this, you know, Australia version. Uh, we will, of course, get a chance to get back to Orlando, like Sean uh, Paul said just a minute ago. But uh, now, guys, we are going to head on over and talk some Lucha Underground. That's right. So let's do it. Let's go into the temple and talk. Uh, go ahead. I couldn't. That's the. This is the one I couldn't find the dot for. Couldn't find. No okay. problem. Go ahead, Paul. Uh, so we open, of course, with the usual recap video, and then we cut backstage to Mil Muertes, who is angry and very upset by the fact that Prince Puma is still alive. Katrina shows up behind him and says he was able to return due to Vampiro and his dark magic, and sort of tells him that if you want to put Puma down, you got to take out Vampiro. So she walks away, and the camera follows her out into the hallway where she runs into Jeremiah Crane who Crane says that, you know, he, he beat Meal now, and, you know, that's that's the guy you love, right? You should love me now. And Katrina, of course, is like, dude, I, I don't love Meal, which which we know. Uh, <laughs> but it's, it's funny to watch Crane just be completely dejected. <laughs> it's awesome. I love it. Yeah, he just, he's like, what, but... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's not... <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, there goes your chance, buddy. 
Yeah. <laughs> Uh, then, then we get our first match uh, that was set up last week as Mariposa challenge or takes on Sexy Star. Sexy Star, of course, wanted this match because she believes Mariposa is the one who's been leaving spiders around for her to find and scare her and all that. Sexy Star, uh, of course, beats her up. Uh, about seven minutes, she ends up winning. Striker really does a job of overhyping how great their encounter was. No Moss was great. Don't get me wrong. This was nowhere near that, obviously. Um, and it's, it's fine for what it is, but they really overhype what's going on. And this kind of takes you out of it a little bit. And then Marty DeMoss shows up post-match to console Mariposa and he turns on her and choke slams the bejesus out of her. I was a little shocked. Uh, I was too, but I couldn't help but laugh. I'm sorry. I was like, wow, well, that's out of nowhere. Uh, but you know, uh, you know, uh, once again, it, I can't wait to, you know, uh, you know, find you know our next journey with this and that's what's kind of cool about this whole process but at the end of the day it's a big shocking moment and i think it needed to be here because like you said the match was okay it's fine but it was nothing super spectacular so this kind of adds a little extra and kind of gives us something to be excited about Mm -hmm. yeah and since really that weapons of mass destruction match you have with kill shot earlier in the season i've been super intrigued by what marty's doing uh, so, so this this kind of adds on to that, gives them something else to do, and and Mariposa has slowly gotten over with that crowd there. So I'm interested to see how this is all going to shake out, what this turns into. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh, Mascarita Sagrada is working out in the gym, lifting some heavy weights. Like he might be lifting more than what he weighs, uh, which it kind of impressed me. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> the White Rabbit tribe shows up and says that he is the White Rabbit that followed that showed them the way to the to the temple and that he's their god. And Paul London just gets to be wacky Paul London. I think that's what made this segment so great for me. Oh, I know. And you know, he he's just a goofball. Mm-hmm. And he's uh, he he is and um you know, at the end of the day, I think that, you know, this is a really a, a good situation uh, because of the fact that, you know, he is that, you know, silly guy. And, you know, him using this, you know, white rabbit tribe to however his best advantage is going to be really kind of funny. So I think it's going to have that comedy factor, but it's also I think some moments going to be, you know, pretty sketchy at times because mm-hmm. of, the, you know, the darkness that will follow it. Um, but I love it. I, I love the, 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 the zany antics here. So it was good. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, and, and that leads us into our next match is six-man tag team action as the White Rabbit Tribe of Paul London, uh, Mala Suerte, and Saltador take on the the Reptile Tribe, I guess is what they're being called now, uh, where Cobra Moon brings out Drago on a chain and has him take her spot in the match to team up with Pindar, who is the super giant one, the one that everybody's calling Luchasaurus, and uh, Vibora who is the smaller, slightly more uh, pudgy, pudgy of the, the lizards here. This is, uh, this is actually pretty solid. I, I mean, it's mostly to build up, you know, Drago and lizard, uh, lizard man, uh, Pindar and Vibora here. Um, but it's, it's once again, nothing overly special either. And the white rabbit tribe, you get to have the, the fun stuff that they do too, which, which, I, I I really enjoy them. They bring something different to the proceedings in, in a company and a storytelling overall thing, where everything's usually so serious and you're dealing with evil deities and and all this craziness. The White Rabbit Tribe they're they're like a nice little breath of fresh air almost. 
Yeah, I agree. I really do. And, you know, they're fun. They're, they're zany, like I just mentioned a while ago. And um, it's not this whole dark, demented thing with them, right? And now, I, I think down the line, you'll find some things out uh, that could maybe lead us that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the moment, like you said, it's something that's a little different. It's not the same creep factor that you get with almost everything else. Um, so it's positive. It, it is a positive point here and you know drago uh is once again you know I, i've loved following him this season uh i love his favorite place he's basically the fawns you know hanging out in the bathroom you know doing yeah his-, <laughs> his office pretty much yeah his, yeah his office but you know uh him in this new situation and being put on a chain and being basically forced to do things i think that's also another interesting wrinkle amongst all this yeah, sort of, sort of brainwashed a little bit here too, which is which is very interesting. And uh, of course, this is building up to some big trios match blow off here too, which I, I can't wait to see how that shakes out. But moving on with the show here, you have Sexy Star and the Mac hanging out backstage. Sexy wants to come out and help him, you know, get so, and help him with with the Worldwide Underground and Johnny Mundo and all this stuff. And Mac tells her pretty much the same thing she told him: "I need to do this on my own, uh, and you need to stay back here." So the uh, Dario shows up a little bit later uh, after that, meets with the Mac, and tells him that, hey, man, the tonight isn't the title match, right? Tonight is a match where the winner gets to pick a stipulation for the match. So kind of a little bit of a bait and switch because we had been promised uh, the week before that this was going to be the title match. Um, but it, it, it works into, I think, what they want to do overall here with Johnny as uh, he ends up beating the Mac after a whole ton of interference from the Worldwide Underground. Uh, and uh, and Evans and Black, who I the Mac has Mundo beat I think twice before. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick, so I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Or, you know, that you get some involvement from the other guys. And Johnny ends up going with uh, an all-night-long match, uh, as he had with uh, Puma in Season 1, where the entire match will be the entire episode. It's pretty much uh, uh, an Iron Man match. So that should be good. I love the Mac. I think him and Mundo are going to work very well together. You actually get, I think, a nice preview as far as what's going on here, they have a pretty good match. So, Yeah, I mean, it, what you saw here, like Paul said, is a good sample. And this sample is really cool. I mean, it's it's one of those where you could say, okay, I can watch more of this. And, and that's always a good thing when you walk away saying that. So I, I'm very happy with this. I love the stipulation. Um, you know, that match that Paul just referenced was a pretty good match. So I think this one being just as good. Yeah, and, and as you know, Mundo and his boys are sort of stomping on the Mac and calling him fat, which is a reason why he picks the all night long match. I think is conditioning, obviously. Um, Mil Muertes shows up at the top of the ramp, comes on down. Everybody heads for higher ground because you know Mundo and the boys ain't gonna want to mess with that dude. And Mil shows up and starts beating the bejesus out of Vampiro. Puma comes down, and Vampiro sort of stops him uh, as he's getting set up for the flatliner, and then he takes the flatliner. Meal disappears and Puma hops into the ring. 
So there, there's some mind games being played here with Vampiro and Puma, which I, I really like that they sort of added that little bit in. But that's the uh, that's the scene that takes us out of here too, Gary. So what do you think about all that? Yeah, you know, actually, I think that was a, a really interesting way to end the show. And you know, I've been very curious about this whole relationship and and, and the way this is all working out with Vampiro. Uh, because Vino, you know, once again, I mean, he's already shown that he could be a leader, but it wasn't exactly successful with Pentagon Jr. So, mm-hmm. you know, you wonder if this whole situation going down at the moment is going to be a positive one at the end of the day. But I still like it. I still think it's kind of cool. And, you know, I think that this is positive. I, I don't really have any problems with it. Yeah, nor do I. That's uh, that's our Lucha Underground for the week. Next week will be that all-night Lucha match between Mundo and Mac and then we'll be in our mid-season break, which is going to be very sad. Yeah, very sad because, you know, like I said, things have been kind of ramping up, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm definitely going to miss that White Rabbit tribe. It's going to make, you know, I'm going to be having to watch Donnie Darko, you know, while they go off. So have to wait all this time to see Cage kill somebody with that gauntlet, too. Oh, yes, that's right. <laughs> Jeez. Well, you know, uh, we'll, we'll continue our discussion next week because we'll be more depressed knowing that would be the last one for a while uh but yeah we're going to move on from here and uh, we have one more show we need to kind of jump into and that is tna impact wrestling uh they finally got done with all their clip shows all their you know year-end review shows whatever you want to call them that they just repeat so now we're finally getting a chance to talk about live impact so let's do it now let's get into that and talk now TNA Impact Wrestling. Uh, let's go ahead and talk about this. Uh, you know, this is you know uh, an episode that was live, and I didn't even know it was going to be live tonight, Paul. Yeah, it's supposed to you know the, the dawn of a new era for them. Uh, it hits you immediately with the Anthem Media logo sort of all over the ring skirts and, and sort of scattered about the arena now too. Um, they open with an Eddie Edwards video package. Oh, sort of hold on. Having... I wanted to point out this thing with Hulu is part of their, whenever Hulu does that live stream thing, mm-hmm. that's what that is. Not that they're going to do the on demand, but that they're going to, whenever Hulu starts out that thing where they're going to be like a live TV channel, mm-hmm. off TV is going to be one of the channels on there. Oh, oh. interesting. Yeah. Well, because CBS signed a deal, they're owned by CBS. Right. So, uh, also, Gary, I don't know if this affects you still, because I know you just, I know Verizon basically got bought out by these people mm-hmm. where you live, but Verizon is apparently dropping Pop TV. Oh, really? Well, we don't have uh, Verizon here anymore. Now we have Frontier Communications. Right. So, but I don't know if that because y'all, I guess you kind of just they basically just took over everything and you have the same thing. So I don't know if uh, it will wind it, up affecting you or not. I don't. I I could be wrong. I don't think it does. I, the only reason I say that is because I think Verizon still owns television other places, but not in the, uh, not in my area. Um, but it could. You never know. It could eventually. I'll, I'll let you know if I uh, don't have Pop TV anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so with the week, I'm like, guys, you're gonna have to cover me on Impact because it's not there. Uh, but uh, yeah, so that will be uh, one of those, t- <laughs> those times. Uh, uh, do you uh, do you have the music for Impact or did you? I played play that already. While you guys okay. were talking, 
We didn't hear it. Oh, so. awesome. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, because I was like, well, I'll just play while they talk, and hopefully they'll just say something where I can unhit the mute button, and it'll be on the right time. And y'all, y'all did. So. Oh, good. Oh, good. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, um, they set, they set one of the uh, matches for Fantastic Mania. I think it's. I think it's Dragon Lee and uh, Gavinadio, and it's Haromu against Volador Jr. Oh, so, that'll be good. There you go. There's two matches for those. They already announced them. I just haven't been able to find them yet, the, the cards for those. They announced it at that press conference they had an hour ago. Hmm. But, yeah. Right on. Fair enough. All right. Well, let's uh, let's get back into TNA. Uh, and you know, you were talking about Eddie Edwards coming down to the ring and uh, talking a little bit here. Yeah, he's sort of you know he's he's ready to usher in a new year as champion and proving that uh, he says that TNA is about proving that you're the best and all these other things. Lashley comes out. He ain't got time for that. He's Lashley, he's ready to beat Edwards and says that 2017 is going to be his year and he's going to hand out ass whoopings 365 days. Like that's, I hope they just have cameras of him following him around and him beating up random people. I, I would totally watch that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it's kind of like the twenty-four hour rule with the hardcore title. It's like, yes, this is amazing. He's at the grocery store beating up somebody. Sweet, sweet. <laughs> <laughs> EC three, of course, comes out too. Uh, he he wants a rematch tonight as well. Um, Lashley says he's number one contender. Edward says, you know what? I'll just fight both of you. Uh, so th- there's that. I don't know. I wasn't super stoked about this moving forward, but I you know, the match ends up being pretty okay. Uh, certainly one of the better things on this card. They uh, go about 20 minutes. Davey, I, he looks impressive. I'll, I'll say that much for sure. He ends up uh, he ends up beating uh, Lashley, I believe, with uh, with his big knee strike. Yeah, and you know. This was, you know, like you said, it's fine. It gets what done what it needs to get done, you know. And of course, you know, we have uh, David Richards getting involved, and mm-hmm. that being the big surprise and all. So at the end of the day, they still had to end it in a way where Bobby Lashley was not completely at fault for losing the match. Yeah, you, know, you know, he did have somebody else there. Someone else was distracting, all that. So at at the end of the day, you really can't say anything bad about EC3 or Bobby Lashley. Uh, but, you know, then again, I mean, this, to me, kind of takes away from Eddie Edwards as well, in a way. It's kind of weird to say that, but, you know, he, his buddy came down, and it kind of changed the game. So, right. And, and, I mean, you know, they're trying to keep Lashley looking strong, uh, which I think sort of plays into that. Uh, I, I don't know how much Davey's going to be doing in the wrestling scene anymore, but uh, I, I know he finished his firefighter training thing that he was doing. So we'll just have to wait and see, I guess, on that. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I think the other uh, really big thing, um, as far as the wrestling goes, Moose defends the uh, the Impact Grand Championship against Mike Bennett. Yeah. Uh, TNA, I just—they don't have enough people around that can wrestle this style that keeps you interesting, or maybe it's whoever they have booking it. But the rounds thing is not 
it's really rough. Moose ends up winning this by split decision. It, it, I could understand that. I just the, the match isn't all that interesting, and it doesn't help that Moose and Mike Bennett have about all the chemistry as a, a potato and a carrot do. You know, and I'm going to agree with you by saying this. Yeah, dummy, uh, and, and not calling you a dummy. <laughs> I'm just uh, I'm making that an agreement that potato and a carrot. I love that. Yeah, this is the first thing that came <laughs> together. <laughs> uh, you know, it, it's just it's it's proof that. This just does not matter. It really doesn't. And I hate saying that, and I get it. I mean, honestly, if you're a big fan of Moose or you're a big fan of Michael Bennett, you probably have a better outlook on this. I'm about middle ground on both of them. I don't have a lot invested in either guy. I don't really just get excited about seeing Moose. I mean, I'm sure he'll do better later, and that's fine. Michael Bennett's fine. It just... I'm not as a big Michael Bennett fan. So at the end of the day, I really didn't care. I just didn't care. I, if Michael Bennett would have walked out of this champion, I'd be like, okay, you know. So maybe that's just me personally and someone else listening to this is like, good God. But I don't even like this system. I hate this system. I told you when they did this, I was like, this is the dumbest thing I've ever heard of. Every match is going to be split until the third round. And that's basically the way it's worked out. They've had a few knockouts. Mm-hmm. A few out of the 20 that they've had already. And it, to me, that's not enough. So I just I, I just don't like this grand championship thing I, I in general. Yeah, I mean, they it's pretty much a segmented match as all these have turned into. The rounds carrying over, they don't have a lot of story. Are people really working this, I think, the way you, you really should, right? Mm-hmm. Moose Moose is a fine wrestler, right? He's still up and up and learning and all that other stuff. He hasn't been around for too long a time, and the progress he has made is phenomenal, right? Mike Bennett is is another fine wrestler. I don't think he's going to be as great as TNA wants him to be, but they certainly do continue to book him like he is that main event star and everything. And I, I just think you have you don't have enough guys to keep a division like this fresh and interesting and utilizing a round system that has it has promised to be something different like they want it to be it just they don't have enough around it to really make it feel like it's going to be anything more than what it is is my big complaint when the when yeah. the tournament started you might have had that uh mm-hmm. at the, but they they just they've lost it or maybe in all the changes they just lost somebody who might have actually had a lot of ideas for how to book these yeah, maybe so, and that could be the case too. I, I just right now, as it sits, uh, these are the matches I dread. I just have no interest in them. Wasn't that like a Billy Corgan invention? It, it was, but I don't know who he had in mind to sort of book it, or if he was going to book it, or, or whatever. So, who knows? <laughs> uh if you're not a fan of this, Gary, then obviously you may not want to tune into that pay-per-view that they're going to have tomorrow because Bennett and Moose are going to have an anything goes match on there. So, okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But then if it's not by these, is it by these same rules too? I don't. I don't think it's a grand championship match. Yeah. So I, I would think I could be more into it than that, but I still really don't care. <laughs> I mean, speaking of that pay-per-view, if you're buying those. One night only things. Uh, you you have a tag team title match to look forward to. The broken the broken Hardys are backstage first. They in, they run into Swoggle. Mid at, uh, Matt asks if uh, his dastardly father McMahon has sent him to infiltrate TNA and the broken regime and all that. And Swoggle's like, 
Uh, that's not real. You know that, right? <laughs> uh, love it. Uh, that's great. Yeah, and they come out. They're doing the facts of life segment with Eli Drake. Eli is sort of gunning for those tag team titles, and he sort of attacks Matt by saying he doesn't believe in the deities and that they're not magical, and pretty much that everything about them is a lie. And of course, Matt and Jeff are not having any of that. They are, they are followers of the seven deities, and they are magical, and they're just they're so, they're so past everything that Eli can understand. Eli does understand that they hold the tag team titles, and he challenges them to a match tomorrow with a partner of his choosing. I, I thought this was pretty pretty gosh darn good. <laughs> it was. It, it was hilarious. You know, I've said this before. You know, Eli Drake has grown on me. He really has. At first, I hated the guy. I really didn't have as much interest. But now, I mean, I just... I'm, it's fun. And, of course, you know, there's no secret. I love this whole break, Broken Matt Hardy thing. So this was fine. It was, you know, it was interesting. There was had the, some of the comedy involved. Um, so I, I just, you know, I'm really looking forward to I, I, Surprisingly, I want to know who his partner is going to be. You know, who's Eli Drake going to bring to the dance? Yeah, I, I mean, that's kind of one of the few things I'm interested in going out of this episode is who Eli is going to pair up with. And obviously, I mean, it's not like they have a crazy deep pool of him to pull from, but it could be something worth your time. You never know. It could be Santino Morello. It could be. We don't know. I mean, time and space was opened up by by the Hardys, so it could be, you know, like he could bring out, I don't know, a zombie. You never know. You never know. The the ECW zombie? Maybe so. Maybe so, Gary. We don't know. We don't know. You don't. Uh, speaking of Swoggle, he uh, he ends up getting in a 30-second match with Rockstar Spud and beats him. I, I think that's really might be all we need to say about that. Oh, Except, Rock, he quits, though, right? Yeah, Spud, after the match, does say, hey, uh, TNA sucks, I quit. So, I mean, that uh, alludes us to believe that Rockstar Spud is going to find another way to come back. Because, uh, <laughs> you know, that is not legit, and if that was legit... I, I don't know. I mean, I guess ICW, here he comes. He's <laughs> the next guy in the UK tournament. He could be. Hey, I would actually buy into that, and I would be a very happy man with that. I, I, he's a very underrated talent. We've, we've seen a lot of good stuff from him. He's just, he's he's around a division that TNA gives less than zero Fs about, you know? He'll be on yeah. a 205 Live. Yeah. Okay. I'm down. Well, let's make this happen. Yeah, I'd be okay with that, too. Uh, Trevor Lee and Andrew Everett, the Helms Dynasty, they take on the Decay a little bit later. The uh, the Decay beat them about three and a half minutes. It's fine for whatever it is. It's pretty much just a a little bit of an angle here to let the Death Count Council come in. They attack the Decay, lay them out with beer bottles, seeing as they have pretty much run through every single other tag team that the Hardys could face, and now they have to fight each other to try to rebuild. All well and good there, I think. You know, you know, I'm, I'm a little bit torn on all this. Uh, you know, the Helms Dynasty, man, they really have not gotten a chance to look good anymore. Mm-hmm. They, they're kind of getting treated a little bit on the low scale, um, which I think kind of sucks because those guys are good wrestlers. Um, and then you got the Decay, who are fine. They do they, they're they're entertaining. Um, but now you're getting them into a new situation that just does not. I mean, it's heel versus heel. So how exciting can that be? Um, but it is what it is. I mean, 
I, maybe we're looking at what are we looking at here? You know, where these three teams are going to start battling it out all together. I mean, I don't know. I'm kind of curious how the, they want this to go. I I don't know either. All all I know is that they need teams for the Hardys because there there's nobody out there who who can beat them as far as TNA has right now. They've beaten everybody already, and they haven't had the belts very long. So, yeah. Yeah, and, and we we know that you know as in Matt Hardy said early in this show that the day of new we're too afraid to come and face them, and the Bucks of Young just talk trash. <laughs> so I mean these guys have no other options but what we see in TNA tonight. So the Bucks I mean unless of Young and the day of new. <laughs> <laughs> that uh, you know he's a very eloquent person. That broke yeah. Matt Hardy. He knows what he I does. want New Day to like go on Raw and be like, the Hardys have broken. <laughs> <laughs> hey, did you know that the Hardys are broken? Who? 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 Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. There you go. Oh, uh, that would be great. And they'll uh, just say, I... like, suck it for the Young Bucks or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh... The really, I think the last big thing we have left to talk about on here is what's going on with the ladies. Uh, Maria and company, of course, CNN and Laurel Benice, they come out to the ring. Uh, Maria wants to sort of finish off Allie, but so she can move on with the rest of her 2017. Maria sort of mocks her, calls her dumb in a uh, much more profane way than, uh, than I'm going to say. Allie comes out. They have a match put up uh, uh, with Sienna. Allie accepts, of course, and she ends up getting beat in about five minutes. Braxton Sutter comes out during that match and sort of acts as a distraction for not only uh, Maria and, and Laurel at ringside, but ends up going the other way on Allie after uh, Sutter gets attacked by Van Nice and uh, uh, Sienna gets the uh, gets the silencer on Aaliyah for the win, or Allie, excuse me, not Aaliyah, thinking NXT, Allie for the win. Yeah, and this was fine. I mean, you at least got a chance to see a competent wrestler out of Alley, right? Mm-hmm. And it's uh, it's from all the training that Braxton Sutter's given her, and so now she actually, you know, can uh, get in the ring and look halfway decent. And I, I'll say this: you could tell she must be a really good wrestler if she can halfway pretend she can't do it. And so that's what's kind of fun. It's kind of exciting to see that she can kind of slow down, kind of just go back to, I guess, you know, what she remembers she maybe couldn't do. Um, so that's what's kind of fun. She did, they're doing a good job with telling the story through not only vocalizing it, but actually showing it. So I'm actually happy with this. I, 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 not exactly this match or anything, but I'm happy with the way this is progressing, possibly, I guess I could say. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the end of the day, I, I think that this is one of the better storylines we've got in TNA right now. You know, it may not be the strongest of anything, but I think it's still good. Yeah, I mean, as far as progressing Alley goes, I, I don't think anybody can really disagree that they've done a fantastic job with that. And they sort of lucked into that, uh, but they've certainly ran with it and done, I think, a really good job of just progressing the character. She, she's very easy to connect with, mm-hmm. I think, is the big selling point there. Not only, the you know, she, she's, she has crushes and, you know, she's just up against a boss who's a terrible person and... All these other things that are easy to relate to, right? So it, I think, it, yeah, and you're right. And I, and I want to say one other thing is that you you got her being, you know, I guess you would say the bright uh, part of this, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but Maria, which is 
great. I mean, she she does a good job on the mic and all that. But what's kind of funny is you got her two lackeys kind of being bebop and rocksteady, right? And they really, honestly, have not shined. I mean, they they get in the ring, they do their job, but they really don't mean a whole lot at the end of the day. They they don't have a whole lot about them. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. That's just the way I feel. So I feel if you ever break them off, they're gonna have a lot of work to do. Kind of a lot of work to do to to build up Sienna. They're gonna have a lot of work to do. Um, I'm forgetting her name already. See, Laurel Van Nice. Laurel Van Nice. Thank you, Laurel Van Nice. She's gonna. You're gonna have a lot of work once maybe Maria leaves the company. So, just the way I look at it. Yeah, I, it's it's very possible. I I mean, they, they don't have. I mean, there was enough there tonight for Sienna during a, a knockouts title match against Rosemary on that pay per view that they have tomorrow. And they're going to do a four-way X Division match on there. So if you care about any of that, uh, I mean, they have a pay-per-view waiting for you tomorrow if you want to watch it. Yeah. So, uh, you know, and yeah, I think it could actually be good. I mean, I don't want to, you know, definitely don't want anybody not to buy it because maybe we said a few things here or there. I think it's actually could be very interesting. And um, I mean, you know, I wouldn't mind watching it. So uh, go check it out, though, if you like TNA. Uh, but that's our, uh, you know, time with TNA this week. We're going to move on now. And we've only got one thing left to do on this show. And that is, of course, crown a superstar of the week. And it'll be our first of 2017. So that's exciting. we get the first points on the board for this year. We'll be right back with that next, guys. Superstar of the week. Go for it. All right. All right, let's start this thing off. Our first point of 2017 goes to Repugni Vice. Yeah, Repugni Vice wins the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team titles over at Wrestle Kingdom 11. Uh, it, it was a wonderful match. I Maybe I overrated it a little. I, I enjoyed it greatly, though. I thought it was awesome. It was a very well-told story across both sides, and Repugni Vice gets the big win. We got two points going over Goto's way. Yeah, this was also a terrific match here uh, for the Never Openweight Championship as Hiroki Goto becomes the Never Openweight Champion, defeating his high school friend, Katsuri Shibata. So. Three points. Well, Takahashi got him. Yeah, Hiromu Takahashi defeats Kushida for the IWGP Junior Heavyweight title in the first of those four main events, and it was an outstanding match. Whatever you thought it was going to be, they totally subvert your expectations and totally have this huge, strong style, beat em up brutal match, and Hiromu comes out with the with the championship. Four points will be going to one of the greatest of all time, Naito. <laughs> yep, uh, Gary's uh, great buddy Naito there. Uh, he uh, defeated Hiroshi Tanahashi to retain his Intercontinental Championship. Uh, a fantastic, flawless, beautiful match uh, wrestled by Tanahashi and Naito. Both guys taking a limb, the same limb, perhaps different sides, uh, the, the other, opposite limb of the other, but uh, just beautiful the way they did it. Uh, 25 minutes it should definitely be watched by anybody because uh, you will walk away loving that match. We got five points and our superstar of the week in the first of 2017 going to Okada. Oh, man. 
Kazuchika Okada and Kenny Omega put on a match to be remembered for a long, 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 long time. I, I said on our review that we did earlier tonight that it's one of the best top three matches I've ever seen in my life. Whether you gave it three and a half stars or whether you gave it 10 million stars, I, I don't think there's any argument that they put on one hell of a showcase and Okada comes away with the championship and our superstar of the week. Well-deserved. Definitely. So there you go, guys. Uh, you know, Okada gets our first 2017 Superstar of the Week. That's exciting, uh, you know, and I'm sure we'll have many more from him. Uh, and a lot of guys on this list I look for in 2017 to be getting points on a regular basis. I would not be surprised. So uh, we've got a big year coming for you guys. Uh, but, yeah, this has been a fun episode. We've had lots of great content, lots of big news topics to talk about, and, of course, some great show reviews. Uh, if you want to find more of our content, make sure you go check out W2Mnet.com. That's right. You can find not only our podcast there, but you can find out lots of written reviews and some other great content like, hey, video games. If you're into video games and wrestling, it's your place to be. W2M Network is also the place where you go subscribe. Whatever device you use, whatever place you use to, to find podcasts, just go on there, go find, search out W2M Network, and then subscribe if you haven't already. Trust me, it's worth it. Uh, but, yeah, that's our show for this week. Uh, Sean, any last things you want to say, any things you want to kind of talk about before we get out of here? Uh, I, the uh, Nixon Newell thing is, in fact, that she went on a long tour with Stardom, and she will come to WWE when that tour is over. Uh, Ricochet says that he is focused totally on New Japan right now, and his goal is to win the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship. He does mention 205 Live. He says he really likes what they're doing over there at 205 Live, but he doesn't want to be the Cruiserweight Champion. He wants to be NXT Champion and then go on the WWE main roster and become U.S. Champion and all those things. So perhaps... Uh, he obviously does have a goal with WWE, but you know he wants to make sure that he's not going to get saddled in the Cruiserweight division if he does show up. Any chance of... you think that happens for him, that he doesn't get stuck in the Cruiserweight division? You know, I, I Ricochet is such a dynamic wrestler that I a lot of the guys they have in that division could succeed outside of it. I we just gotta hope that, that somewhere down the line that this isn't a pigeonhole for him. I think that might be a lot of a worry for people who are coming in though. So if they sign Ricochet this early, I I don't know if he ever makes it out. Obviously, there's a long road ahead of him to get there. But I, I think anybody in that division really could. They have a lot of popular stars. Are a lot of guys in there with a lot of upside, I think, as far as popularity and people getting behind them and all that goes. So I won't say never say never, but history is not in their favor. Uh, this guy deserves uh, to be a part of the, a major scene, so I'm really hoping in some way, somehow, it goes his way. I really hope so, too. He, he has star written all over him if they let him be himself and they don't try to stick him in a division or whatever. Just let this guy be ricochet. Obviously, there's going to be a couple of things you're probably not going to just let him run wild and do, but for the most part, let him be ricochet, and things will be all right. Definitely. All right, well, anything you, uh, you wanted to mention about any other podcast, anything we got coming up? We should be bringing back the video game podcast tomorrow, doing our most anticipated games of 2017, and also just looking at some of the news that's come out. There's not much, you know, it's early in 
January. Yeah, Mass Effect Andromeda release date finally dropped. Let's see if it actually comes out March 21st or not. And uh, new Running Wild, they did their award show. That's out there. Uh, new Facing the Pain, the MMA podcast, which Gary did a wonderful logo for that you can now uh, look at in all its splendor. Um, they talked about UFC 207 review, Ronda Rousey losing, what that means, and uh, all that stuff. Uh, so make sure you go check them out. And, yeah. All right. Well, there you go, guys. Plenty of content for you to go look at, and so go do it. And, of course, we thank all of you for checking out our show tonight. We will catch you guys next week. But until then, if you're not living life to the max... Not living life at all. You know it. Please. Hey. Don't tell me that's gone, too. Oh, that's great. Oh yeah. (laughs) The following podcast is a W2M Network original production. Visit W2Mnet.com for all of our other great podcasts, plus news, reviews, articles, and opinions from the worlds of wrestling, video games, football, and entertainment.